Good afternoon, y'all. Great to see y'all today on this great feast day, St. Barnabas. Uh, red today, right? Means he was martyred in the early church. Um, I love reading the Acts of the Apostles. I don't know if you've ever sat there and just read it like a story. It was written by St. Luke, the evangelist. Uh, and, it's the, and it's how the church built was built. It's how the Catholic Church was built. It's our story. It's our history. And that history has some awesome, awesome stories, but it's also a history of conflict, disagreements between early church leaders, Peter, Paul, Barnabas, right? The early church was growing, and they were having to make some big decisions, and, uh, and it's all there, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, so I love reading Acts. I encourage you, just read it like a, like a history book, right? Check out what they're doing. So today we celebrate this wonderful feast of St. Barnabas. Um, and he's taken right now into a little town called Antioch, right? And um, it's in, it says today's reading that Antioch is where they first were called Christians. Up until this point, the people that were following Jesus, now Jesus had already been risen from the dead and ascended to the Father, but they were called people of the way because Jesus proclaimed, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So they weren't called Christians yet up until today's reading in the Acts of the Apostles. They were people of the way. And one of the things they would do in the early church is, you know how we see those little fish symbols on people's cars that look like that? You know, What they would do in the early church is that because the church was being persecuted, they couldn't have public gatherings for mass such as this. So that in the dirt, they would be standing around and they would make with their foot a fish like that. And the Christian, the person of the way, knew that that little fish was pointing in the direction to go celebrate the Mass. Because it symbolized the multiplication of the fish and the bread with Jesus, a Eucharistic symbol. And so if you were hanging out in the town square and you wanted to get to Mass, you would look at that little fish and you would just start walking in that direction. And all of a sudden you'd see another little fish and you'd see it and you'd go that direction. Pretty sweet, isn't it? That's why I love reading history and Acts of the Apostles. So we, we see Barnabas today. And uh, Barnabas is such a cool guy. Um, he's, he's called in the scriptures a good man, filled with the Holy Spirit and truth and faith. Right? That's quite the compliment. <laughs> Judas is considered for all of eternity in the scriptures to be the one who betrayed Jesus. Barnabas, for all of eternity in the scripture, is called a good man. Right? Filled with the Holy Spirit and faith. It would be nice to have that. <laughs> a good man. Joseph was, uh, Barnabas was not originally called Barnabas. His, his birth name was Joseph. Um, whenever he brought all of his stuff to the apostles to be brought at their feet, as we hear in chapter 2 of Acts, um, it was then that they gave him the name Barnabas. And names back then meant something, right? It had a part of your character in your name. So Barnabas means two things. Son of consolation. Gives you in, insight into his, his character. Son of consolation and man of encouragement. Right? And so we see Barnabas um, is not one of the twelve apostles. He was more than likely one of the 72 that Jesus commissioned to go out to preach and to expel demons, etc. Um, but he was a very powerful man. He was a companion of Paul. And we see in the Acts of the Apostles um, where Paul and Barnabas were chosen today by the Holy Spirit to be sent out to proclaim the gospel. And so there's this wonderful moment where the church is now growing and these two men, the great Paul and Barnabas, go out together two by two and proclaim the gospel. But it wasn't always like that. Right? Um, there's uh, times in the scriptures 
after Paul and Barnabas were traveling for some time, um, we read in, in the scriptures that they had a dispute with each other. Go figure, church leaders were not in agreement on some things. <laughs> Nothing new, baby. Nothing new. Um, so they were not in agreement, probably about circumcision. It doesn't say exactly, but that's more than likely what it was, right? So they was such a tit-for-tat between Paul and Barnabas that what the Holy Spirit had ordained, they would be sent out together, they ended up separating. Both still continued to proclaim the gospel. Paul went with Silas, and Barnabas went with Mark jo- uh, Mark Joseph, with uh, John Mark, right? The two of them separated because of this dispute. And I'm sitting there going, wow, this is nothing new in the church, right? We've always had division. The, the cool thing about it, though, is that they end up reconciling. They talk about each other. Paul talks about Barnabas in 1 Corinthians and again in Galatians with great dignity, right? And so the cool thing that I was thinking about is like, you know what? We need to learn. We need to learn from that, right? It's okay to have differences of opinions. But our culture today doesn't want us to have a difference of opinion. And one of the beautiful things that were made in the image and likeness of God, we're endowed with intellect. It's okay for us to talk about things and dispute things and even disagree with people. How did they handle it? With charity. They did not go out and begin. Paul didn't go bash Barnabas on Facebook. He didn't talk bad about Barnabas whenever he was continuing his mission. No, this is just what happened. And they relied on the Holy Spirit. And I would think that what happened was that whenever Paul, again, had a dispute with Peter about circumcision, Peter still wasn't given in. I think Paul probably fasted and prayed quite a bit, and the Holy Spirit revealed to Peter how the church needed to stand in that issue of circumcision. And Peter was humble enough to accept it, and now the new teaching went out. And I'm sure that's whenever Barnabas and Paul probably reconciled. We don't know of their reconciliation, but I'm assuming that that's somewhere where it happened. And so we got to realize, like, what, what is it? We can dispute, we can have disagreements, so long as there's mutual respect. I think that's a big thing we have to learn in our culture today. Right? We can have difference of opinions, but it's important that we still respect the other person. Right? And so, um, so how, did, how did this all end for Barnabas? Well, Paul, an incredibly holy man, was beheaded, um, and so was Barnabas. Both gave their life for Jesus. Both spread the gospel in powerful ways in the early church. And they're both men that we can look to, to be able to say, you know what? They, they both spread it. They both did the will of God. Was it done perfectly, seamlessly? No. But God can work with our imperfections. He can write straight with our crooked lines. God is going to speak through the leaders of the church. There was Peter. Peter said it, and everybody said, all right. Barnabas may have still disagreed with Peter. We don't know. But in humility, he accepted, and the gospel flourished. Barnabas was a good man. He was a man filled with the Holy Spirit and faith, right? And so let us today pray for that unity, right, that we need in our church today, right, um, that we can speak, that we can dialogue in our world today, Um, and respect one another in that. Amen.